Hello, and welcome back to Movie Reviews No One Asked For. I'm Richie, one of your co-hosts, and I just want to say thank you for checking out the podcast. We'd really appreciate if you give us a follow on Instagram, at MrNoafOfficial. So that is at M-R-N-O-A-F official. And give us a follow wherever you're listening to this, whether it be on Spotify, Breaker, anywhere else. Give us a follow and check out anchor.fm backslash MrNoaf. And that MrNoaf is all caps. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Hello and welcome back to Movie Reviews No One Asked For. I'm Richie with my co-host, Alex. Hello. I remember. Nice. You did. And this is (laughs) our first recording after a uh, vacation from the the recording uh, zone, if you will. And we are going to be talking about today the adaptation. Adaption? Adaptation? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Cool. We're going to be talking about Dune as released in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, probably won't be talking about the old TV thing. Yes, I've, I have not seen it, so I don't... I, think I, I haven't either. I literally know nothing about it. I know David Lynch directed it, and that's it. Oh, wow. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we are talking about Dune 2021, released by Warner Brothers on HBO Max and in theaters, directed by Denis Villeneuve, or Villeneuve, or how yeah, I, I... I thought it was Denis Villeneuve. You're probably right. You're probably right. Look at me. I'm the asshole. <laughs> I heard someone. Pr- I know one way that it's not pronounced is I heard someone pronounce it Villanueva yesterday. And I was like, that's. Dennis Villanueva. I was like, that's not right. It was Dune by Dennis Villanueva. Dune. Dune. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Stars Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard. I mean, I was going to say Zendaya, but. She's on. She's on the um, top billing, so we'll say stars and data. <laughs> no, even though it, we can get into that, yeah, we can get into it, yeah, and uh, a bunch of other people, whole cast of of, of uh, funny and uh, yeah, well, Jason actors. Momoa, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, you know, still in Skarsgård, Skarsgård, Dave mm-hmm. Bautista, yeah, David still in Skarsgård, so good. I swear, when, people. when I saw Still in Skarsgård, like in the movie, um, as Harkonnen or whatever his name is, I was just like. Uh, you know, I because he turned around like this. This sounds kind of like Stellan Skarsgård, and I was like, it can't actually be him. And it was and just, then it, and then it's it was, him. He was just so good, it was wonderful. Yep, it's a very, very good uh, makeup design there. And oh yeah, I, yeah, wonderful. Um, so before we continue to dive into the Dune, the sand power of uh this this film, uh, spoiler warning, um. <laughs> Spoilers. This is a this is a spoiler free free podcast. Yes, <laughs> as in we do talk about spoilers. Um, so yeah, if you haven't seen Dune yet, uh, go watch it. It's still in theaters mm-hmm. uh, as, at the time of recording, and this is December fourteenth. Uh, and I don't think it's on HBO Max at the moment. It'll probably mm-hmm. return there soon, I imagine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Soon. yeah, go check it out. And then uh, come back here and listen to this podcast. All right, cool. So let's talk about it. Okay. What do you? What? Are you, 
was a very like all right all right you say so but uh <laughs> i would just like to uh, start off with saying um i enjoyed the movie mm-hmm. i thought it was a good experience um very general thoughts uh sound design was cool mm-hmm. uh the mix was a little loud at least in the theater i watched it in sure yeah um good cinematography all that stuff and uh i know people who were upset that they didn't realize it was a part one until the title card of the movie showed up (laughs) interesting okay yeah um i remember seeing this and i think he was really good um it i mean we've had we it's been like this point nearly two months more than two months almost yeah since we saw it um i will say in in my mind the movie has made less of an impact than maybe some of denise other movies um just because it feels unfinished you know and like i'm not angry about that um because you know it is a part one and i want to see i want to see a part two but this movie doesn't feel like uh, to me it doesn't really feel like a complete movie it just it feels like a part one. It doesn't feel like a first movie in, a, in like a trilogy or something, you know. It, yeah, no, it definitely feels like the first half of like a like a five hour movie. Or yeah, like exactly. That. Like, and I think when this part two comes out, and we're gonna get that full four or five hour experience, then that's gonna be like really memorable. But as it is, you know, it's it's really really good, and really well made, and like really well acted and everything the cinematography is beautiful but it's just like it just doesn't feel complete um yeah. to me uh but you know i mean i love sci-fi movies i love denise other movies like i love arrival um oh, enemy super underrated movie um i haven't seen sicario yet but i want to and also i really love um prisoners i saw that for the first time like a couple of years ago and uh that like all of his movies are just so stellar um and i really love that he's been moving into sci-fi with like blade runner um mm-hmm. i mean he had a rival but then like you know blade runner and dune like the, these two mega franchises from the 80s that he's kind of re- revitalized in a lot of ways and i i personally think blade runner 2049 is maybe even better than the original i don't know i mean i know that one wasn't like super didn't do super well at the box office or whatever but like i really love that movie i think it's really great um so yeah, I don't know. I thought this was a really, really good movie. Um, it's definitely not for everybody. I feel like it's like <laughs> you know, pretty, pretty intense sci-fi. Yeah, it's really lore heavy. Really lore, really exposition heavy. You know, it's got like a whole sci-fi fantasy. It's like I think the best way I heard it described is like sci-fi Game of Thrones, which is really cool. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah. The, and with that, it comes with the problem of like the thing that makes Game of Thrones work is that. Mm-hmm all of the exposition and lore is explored throughout a eight season series. Mm-hmm. And this is a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> Do you think you would have rather seen this as like a mini series on like HBO max or something? Mm, hard to say. Mm-hmm. I, it, I mean, no, because I liked watching it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes they do miniseries releases in theaters, like what they attempted to do with Inhumans. But, uh, like, I think uh, Denny was definitely looking for a film experience. Yeah. And um, there's, like, this is only the first half of the first book. There are multiple books in the series. And I think that they... 
I heard that they plan on doing three movies, not necessarily like a trilogy, mm-hmm. like doing like a part two to Dune and then doing the second book as like a full movie instead of a half half. But um, there's like if they did a mini series, um, I th- it would be like it it wouldn't have it wouldn't be a mini series. Like mm-hmm. I think if they really wanted to explore everything that they plan on exploring, it would have to be like a full on series. And I don't think that they would get the budget like they did for this movie for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, game of Thrones did pretty good, you know, on its TV budget, but like, right. I feel like some of the stuff in this movie, I'm really happy that it was a movie and not, not a TV show. And it wasn't held back. Like some of the visuals are just incredible. Like I think specifically, I really love that the wormhole technology they have or that, you know, this, this, this oh, yeah. travel stuff. That's so cool. Yeah. Very unique. Like, mm-hmm. um, you, it's like a ring. It's like a portal that you can fly through. But mm-hmm. if you're on the opposite side of the portal, you can't see like the incoming things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, yeah, there is honestly though, a lot of the technology if, uh, and stuff like that in this film, do you know, obviously in inspired by the books but like and they showed up in the other adaptation of this of this book but like it looked really unique i thought i think so too it definitely looked really unique and um i love the whole vibe of uh like it feels like there's a lot of fantasy elements in a way in the Mm -hmm. the film you know especially the when they got to what is that planet where all the spice is at I don't remember. Spice planet. It's like the, the, the main planet. The Dune planet. The, they got to the Dune oh, planet. It's, it's planet Dune. How can planet I forget? Dune. <laughs> well, you know, when they got the planet Dune here, um, I I thought, like, I love the costume design and the lore of the... Uh, Arrakis. The whole, oh, planet Arrakis. And, like, who are the who are the, the people on Arrakis? You know what I mean? Like... Um... Mm. plot summary on <laughs> wikipedia <laughs> says uh, to replace house harkonnen as vf rulers of arrakis and the only source of spice i cannot find what, they what, they, what are they called i cannot find what they're what they're like this is riveting content right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll just say the arrakis natives the Rackus natives, exactly. While well, yeah. we look it up and keep talking. Yeah. Um, who lives on planet Dune? Well, what, 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 what did you want to say about them? I just uh, I just thought their costume design was really... The Fremen, the Fremen, the Freeman. Ah, right. <laughs> yeah, but... um, uh, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I thought it was a good movie. It's a really good movie. Um, yeah, it, it was a good movie. We can get start getting into specifics. So, like, let's talk about maybe some stuff that we like. Let's talk about like House of Trades first, maybe. And House of Trades and all that. Man, you ever you ever think about how Josh Brolin like was in the movie for like less than half the movie, and then he just disappears. Yeah, you know he's like, I, it's so weird because I feel like his character was just kind of forgettable and didn't really have a standout moment in the way like Jason Momoa's character did. I agree. Um. You know, but he's just he, he. I think he was playing this like kind of a forgettable character in a way. Like uh, Josh Brolin seems like he's really good at just like, you know, he's either like Thanos, 
bring the MT <laughs> references back in, or he's just like, you know, just a character in the movie, like this guy that we had and like kind of, you know, he's able to slip into any roles, kind of what I'm saying. Yes. Um, and uh, I thought he was cool, but like, what I really liked about the whole House of Trades thing is honestly, I really liked Paul's relationship with his dad. I thought that was really interesting and just a, you know, very easy for them to play into the trope of like, no, son, you must be king and I will be mad at you. And, and they have that one very touching scene on the, uh, in the cemetery where he's, you know, talking about, they're just talking about like, um, I think Paul's like, I don't want to be king necessarily. And, and his dad is like, you know, well, you don't really have to. Um, and just, I, I thought that was really the best thing that you could do. The best yeah. thing that you can be is my son. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's good. Um, but I think that's, that's something interesting about the film is like this idea of the, like the theme of being called the leadership rather than taking control, you know, mm. like the Harkonnen seem to be these ones who are taking control of the planet, but it's, it's very obvious that Paul's arc, I haven't read the books or I haven't seen the other movie, but his, his arc seems to be that he will be kind of thrust into this leadership role and he'll have to find comfort in it. Um, so I think it was really, really good that they set up that relationship with his dad to his dad be basically be the one that, to like relieve him of that pressure. So yeah. he can naturally find his way to the throne, I guess. That's yeah. And it's not even like the, the throne, like he doesn't even, he's obviously going to be the leader of house of Trades, but like, mm -hmm. it also is just seeming like he is going to lead the Fremen or Freeman as well, like yeah. tangentially. And like, he's kind of going to liberate them would mm -hmm. be my guess. I don't, know anything about how the book ends and i'm not gonna i don't want to spoil it the movie mm -hmm. you know but it, but like i i think that that liberation arc that seems to be like into play mm -hmm. it's gonna be really interesting i also made me think uh i i enjoyed the element of possible future sites but it's not um direct like confirmed futures if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like they could see into a potential future but that wasn't necessarily how it was going to go like how in the final fight you saw a vision of paul losing to that guy and dying but then the movie plays out and he doesn't mm -hmm. um but the one that i'm thinking of is like this <laughs> this scene that was used in trailer footage and it was in the movie too of like the war happening with like Paul like in his full armored up suit with like the spice eyes and stuff mm -hmm. like that like um which didn't actually it was just like a, a vision in the in It's the just future. a vision of a potential future which I think is interesting cuz it almost makes me think that that isn't going to actually happen. <laughs> you know that's yeah I remember when I saw that I'm like this is either not going to happen or this is actually like filmed footage from the second movie or part 2. Yeah, you know, I don't know if they've filmed any of that yet but like I just I, I doubt they have because they didn't get the green light on the second film until after this film came out, even True. though they boldly <laughs> called it part one. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't part one in any of it's not part one in like anything other than just the film. It's just called yeah, Dune. Correct. Like there was no um, there was no trailers or anything that would have like indicated that it's part one. And that is part of the reason that uh i know people that were upset with that because they mm -hmm. were expecting 
do like a, a satisfying complete movie mm-hmm. and they only got like half of one so those people who were upset by that like did they just know nothing about dune going into it or correct they did not okay then that, that makes you know that makes a lot of sense if like you're going to this movie just wanting like just like a sci-fi movie you know and even though i said earlier like it doesn't feel complete um there's still like a lot that's offered you know it's yeah. like it's like a you know a real scrumptious feast real scrumptious meal where you've gotten like a really great appetizer you know you've gotten some amazing hors d'oeuvres you know you've got a little little like your dad gave you a little taste of the chicken you know as it's being grilled and i don't know <laughs> you know but then you but then like you're you're just like you haven't been able to dig into the dinner yet you know it's like the promise of of what's coming is really great um in the world that's been set up and everything is really great and the, the characters i like a lot um but we're just like it's like we're just getting into the good stuff and then the credits roll you know so i totally get that but i mean i don't i'm patient i don't really care like I'll just wait till the next one comes out, and then I'll be good. Like it's like we know that it's coming, so why why be so mad? You know, that's how I feel. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it was just because the movie had a lot of build going into it, and it was kind of being billed, um, spelled differently, homophone, uh, as a like the next big thing. Yeah. And, um, I think people were just expecting like. Maybe a cliffhanger, but not like a, not like an incomplete feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I mean, it also ends really uh, un- underwhelmingly. I think, you know, yeah, definitely. We're, we're so used to those third act climactic battles and everything, and we don't really get that in this. Yeah, it definitely like builds, builds, and then it settles and tapers a bit, and then it ends. Exactly. Yeah, it ends with the spoilers, but it ends with like a fist fight, you know. And that's. It's cool, but like it feels like literally. I think the movie honestly feels like we've started part two and then we cut off part two right at the beginning. That's how I feel. Yeah, as well. That is exactly how I feel about the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe it should have ended right when they had the. I don't know. That doesn't really matter though. Like again, like I, I think like I don't really mind because I know that we're gonna get part two, and I, I used to be super impatient for films and like I would be upset by that, but like. You know, I feel like as I've grown older, it's like, cool, it's coming sometime. That'll be fine. Um, but that's really how I feel is like just the world itself is so interesting and the characters and the cinematography and the promise of everything. You know, it, it, like like that doesn't you know mean that the movie that the for part one wasn't was bad for me. It was it wasn't like that, you know, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really a. That doesn't bother me too much, but I understand if people felt that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like another thing some people might have been upset with is they were probably expecting to see a lot of Zendaya in this movie. Sure. And uh, if you haven't seen the movie and you're still watching this, you, you broke, you, you just ver- did not listen to what I told you to do at the beginning of this episode. However, if you are at this point and you have not watched the movie, uh, don't go into the movie expecting to see a lot of Zendaya because you won't see a lot of Zendaya. She is... <laughs> <laughs> not in it very much yep. mm-hmm. and she is like marketed as like one of the stars of the film i mean i mean I, if i was marketing a movie that heads and day in it i would you know market the crap out of that but mm-hmm. um she doesn't come in until like act three really yeah. 
and not even like late into Act Three, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have a lot of lines, and yeah, it's just some people probably expected a lot more from her, and I think that I think that she'll obviously have a huge role in, in the follow up film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think I think she'll again like the whole promise of her you know and and everything that's been set up in this world i think will pay off in the second film and that's that's another thing is like i'm very confident part two is going to deliver you know that's why i'm okay with like how part one is because i trust the Villeneuve completely i think he's going to do a great job um and i'm i'm genuinely very hyped to see where the sequel goes or that the second movie goes um but it, it does it does make it difficult to talk about the first one because, you know, it just feel it feels like nothing. I mean, really happened. <laughs> Even happened. If, things didn't happen like a lot. Like you know, Paul like Paul's dad. Died. I can't remember his what is Oscar Isaac's character's name. Um, Paul's dad. That's his name. Leto. His name's Leto. No, it's Paul's dad. <laughs> oh wait, no. Let me look a little closer. Yes, it is. He plays Paul's dad. There we go. Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My mistake. Yeah. Sorry. Uh-huh. Also, Jason Moe's character is Duncan Idaho. I just yep. Think that's such a <laughs> strange name. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it, it is perfect for that sort of like Top Gun pilot type type name. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's it's. I I think it was a good role, good named role for him. Also, mm-hmm. I thought he stole a lot of his scenes. He stole like the show every time he was on screen. Yeah, and uh, it's so it was interesting because uh, watching the trailers, I was kind of expecting him to not be in the movie as much, mm. and then he ended up being in it more than like Josh Brolin, Zendaya, Dave Bautista, like all these other people. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't really see many trailers, um, but uh, I was really happy like with him in the movie. I thought he, I mean, Jason Momoa was really great, really charismatic. Um, and I didn't really feel like he, I mean, he just felt like he was, I mean, I, I don't, not to be all overly critical, but like, I don't think Jason Momoa has like that much range, you know? So I just felt like he was playing himself, but like, I didn't mind that because <laughs> I thought he did, he did a good job, you know? Um, Someone and, out there listening to this, either soon or way in the distant future. Is we just lost, say, we just lost one yeah. follower. <laughs> they heard you talk about Jason Momoa that way and they're like, <laughs> excuse me. Jason Momoa has just like stumbled upon this podcast and is just like, <laughs> crying right now. Yeah, he's crying like a little baby. <laughs> oh no, sorry Jason. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, he really was just playing himself. Like he, 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 he was basically playing Aquaman, you know, like Aquaman yeah. is also just him being himself. And well, there is a, there is a good sense of duty he has, which is cool. Like yeah. I love that, that, you know, and like also the ton of Top Gun pilot thing. Like I, I totally got that. Um, but you know, Jason Momoa is so charismatic. I, I think it's not like he has, he doesn't have range as an actor. I just think his, his charisma shines through with whatever he's doing, mm. you know, and that's the part that people that people really like are you know he's known for right now i guess is that like that big personality and um but uh i thought the relationship he had with with paul was really great i thought that was cool um i liked that paul kind of has this like you know paul has a very um understanding and very curious personality like especially with all all of his research into the fremen 
you know, his uh, stopping and talking to the, the gardener. I think that was a really cool scene. Um, and you can see the seeds of how Paul is going to be this great leader in the future, I guess. Uh, you know, wanting to jump into battle with the uh, with Duncan Idaho and all that. But um, yeah. Um, well, what are some of the thoughts you have about the movie? I don't know. Um, what I mean, I thing? thought the score was really good. Yeah, um, we can talk about the score. And the sound work aside from the score was also really good. The, the theater I was in, it could have been the theater. It could have been the movie. I haven't seen it again, but uh, mm-hmm. it was really loud <laughs> sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, this, see, this is like part of the mix, I think, not just the theater. Sometimes the the music or the like things going on in the scene would just be so much louder than the dialogue. So it was kind of hard to like grasp what they were saying sometimes. I don't really think I had that much of... Actually, no, I did have that issue. Yeah, um, I'm, I I just really liked I liked the the sound design enough that it didn't bother me too much, I guess. Um, but uh, in terms of this, I, I just I mean about the sound design, I think like for me the visuals were the most impressive thing about the entire film. Oh yeah, yeah, I think um, I'm really excited for the Batman. It's going to be the same uh, cinematographer, Greg Frazier. <sighs> the Batman's gonna be good, but yeah, really? I mean, the visuals in the film were very captivating. I mm-hmm. think like the CGI work was really well done. I mm-hmm. wish that there was more um, scenes that really showed the scale of the worms. Yeah, uh, definitely. Because like mm-hmm. you could see like a lot of like overhead shots of them in the sand, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of like if you've ever seen like overhead shots of like a whale in the ocean, they don't look as big because it it's in an ocean and ocean's yeah. gigantic and like uh arrakis is basically just a sand ocean yeah and a bunch of sand uh what's the word what's the word bunch of sand uh dunes uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> but like (laughs) when you when you see the overhead shots and you just see them moving they just look like small little worms but like the shots where like they come out and you can see like one person standing in front of a giant sandworm like it makes them feel a a lot more menacing as Mm -hmm. like creatures but b just like more grand like really like showing like the the scale of it just it makes it, it's it's so much more eye catching and I just wish I had more of that but like they looked great they yeah. it's it's kind of crazy thinking about how far technology has come to where they can look that good yeah but um about like, the scale though I feel like what was really cool about the sandworms is that they weren't shown until the near the end of the movie you just had like you just had the and, like the sand rumbling yeah and you had that one scene where the the track the what was it the like mining vehicle was swallowed up and i thought that that scene to be honest was a really good portrayal of the scale of the sandworms because you just that was just the mouth and it was huge you know yeah and you, got, you got the sense that underneath it was just a giant creature but i do agree like there's a couple scenes where you just see them like overhead and there's nothing to compare it to and it makes them look a little bit small um but i think the way that the sandworms were built up in in the lore and in the dialogue also really did contribute a lot for me to, because for me I, I think I had maybe the opposite feeling. Like I did feel like they had a, a good amount of presence throughout the film, um, but I, I see what you're talking about because I, I think like I really, I really dug the whole like idea of treating them as deities, you know, and 
and these mm -hmm. like uh, the, how the importance of the sandworms and the culture of the Fremen, I think, really built them up in my head a lot. Um, but uh, and then yeah, you, and then obviously you have that shot at the end of the film with uh, with Paul, which is so cool. That's such an interesting moment. Um, uh, but um, honestly, maybe that's where the movie should have ended. Is like kind of around that that section. That would have been a cool cliffhanger. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the CG is really great in the movie. Um, I I love all the just the and the costumes are really cool. Like the Harkonnen are really, you know, menacing and threatening. And I did think Dave Bautista didn't really have much to do in the film. He did know? not. He kind of <laughs> he heard, really didn't. Yeah, I remember before the film came out and some of the interviews he'd do, he's like hyping this role up as like this is you know a really great chance for me to play something different, and I was excited for it. And you know, it's it's like he's playing a villain. But he's still like Dave Bautista. And I, I mean, I've seen him other things and like, you know, he's able to act really well. So really what I think it is, is he just didn't didn't have a meaty role in this one. He probably is going to be more in part two. I hope so. Yeah, um, I, I'd imagine um, we'll see a lot more of his uh, his character. But it would maybe it would have been nice if we like had him on the ground or something. I don't know if this contradicts the original film or the story. But, you know, if he was more like leading the Harkonnen attack from the ground. And like, we saw him go, maybe go head to head with Duncan Idaho. That would have yeah. been really cool. You know, um, or with, uh, whatever, uh, Gurney Halleck is Josh Brolin's character. Oh yeah. Him and yeah. Gurney and, and what is Dave Batista's character's name? Um, Dave Batista's character's name is Glassu Rabin. Glassu beast. Rabin it says beast in quotations. So, oh, my Mine doesn't say that. Okay, cool. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. A, a gurney versus glass <laughs> fight. That, th these names are so weird. Also, oh, oh man, I, I don't remember who I was talking to about this, um, but just the name Paul for like, like your, your huge hero. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, <laughs> no offense to any of the Pauls out there. Yeah, no offense to Paul. <laughs> but like, you know, you have your heroes and I feel like, you know, if we're making a direct comparison to Star Wars, although I, I don't think we mm -hmm. need to, but like you have like names like Luke and like that something about Luke and like Han and like these other names, Lando yeah. and stuff like that. Like they just feel a little bit more just a little smidge more fantastical mm -hmm. and a little more heroic. Mm -hmm. And then Paul just, <laughs> just feels like the most random name to like <laughs> have survived all of this time into that far into the future where like, you know, you have names like, like Glassu, Gurney, uh, yeah. Duncan, Idaho, and then Paul. I know Paul, Paul is, Paul is funny. I mean, like what is, I mean, you have Lady Jessica too, which uh, I mean, I, I just I think I think it's it is a bit funny, and no disrespect to all the Pauls out there, you know. So sorry. Yeah, Paul, um, if you're listening, um, your name is your name is great, Paul. Good yeah, name. Your, your name is great, Paul. Well, <laughs> what else do we want to talk about with this film? I don't really. I mean, I don't know. There's I, it, the things that needed to really be said have been said, and it's just like the film ends. Yes. Right when it's like about to start another story. Yes. So maybe and, maybe we need to come when part two releases and we'll have to re we'll definitely revisit 
right you know, our thoughts of this and i think i think when part two comes like i said i'm super confident that the movie's going to deliver you know i think i think it's going to be really great and, I, and i'm looking forward to watching it all in one sitting part one and part two but like as it is now it's just like this is just you know it's just part one and that's cool but and i don't mind it but like yeah yeah, I will say though when I was when I personally got out of the theater from watching this, mm-hmm. I was really excited to see where the story continued to go. Me too, definitely. I I had I had a moment where I'm like, I'm gonna read the Dune book, you know, just like everybody else, and then I never did. But see, like, I, I, I didn't funny. have a moment like that because <laughs> I hate reading. <laughs> but <laughs> but. I def yeah no I it, it got me hooked it definitely uh-huh. got me hooked oh yeah the lore is really interesting like the world and the whole idea of spice is really cool we didn't even talk about that yeah um, you know um and uh, I think as well like the whole I don't know the I don't know if you got a lot of these like undertones or whatever but like the whole political like you know themes that Dune seems to have of like this I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of real world political, you know, thematic stuff you can lay over the story. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree. Yeah. Like some tyrann, tyrannical, you know, some tyranny yeah. well, I think you um, can, yeah. coming I mean, and just destroying a planet's resources yes. while the local people of the planet, like try and stop them and take them out, like get them away from it. The th- yeah. It's really interesting though. Cause like they say that spice like basically fuels space travel. Yeah. Like, like, like not necessarily like spaceships, like just going at a normal speed, but like cross space and time travel, like being able to teleport is powered by spice. That is super cool. I really like that. Um, you know, and, uh, just it kind of, it's, it's kind of like a, a nice little catch all thing for, any cool technology they want to do is just they can just say it's powered by spice it's powered by spice it's powered by old spice powered by old spice yeah Yeah. sponsor Uh, us old spice oh yes please (laughs) running on deodorant yeah um but yeah i mean other than that like it's it's a it's a it's a good movie it's a good movie yeah um i would recommend people see this and i and i I hope you know it's been two months since it came out but i hope people see it have saw it in theaters and i think when it comes on hbo max it's absolutely worth a watch like it's just it's a a really well-made movie you know yeah um and it's made oh it's made with a lot of love too that's something like denny villeneuve has talked multiple times in interviews how this was his dream project i think that shows through Um, yeah for sure i think when part two comes out this movie will it i think i think dune is really going to take off because it will have the complete vision you know i feel like it, it, like people liked it when it came out i remember a lot of people talking about going to see it but i feel like it didn't have much of a lasting impact because it wasn't a complete film you know or a complete story i guess really yes i agree mm-hmm. i think once the second one comes out mm-hmm. it's going to be a much bit like more talked about subject yeah absolutely absolutely all right all right well favorite favorite okay favorite (laughs) favorite i keep i keep forgetting to think about this um i uh i really liked i liked duncan idaho's last stand i thought that was really cool (laughs) you know yeah that was Mm. was, i agree yeah in the hallway against uh against the harkin and that was great 
Um, and also I think just the Freeman the kind of uh, their the in general their whole culture and like the exchange the Fre- Fremen. Oh, it's Fremen, isn't it? It's not Freeman. I think it is Fremen. Yeah, the Fremen leader has with uh with Paul's dad. Yeah, I think that's cool. But um that's my favorite favorite. What's your favorite favorite? I mean, I was just going to say Duncan Idaho in general. Yeah. I think he's the the most likable character in the movie. Um, you know, we didn't even talk about the voice really too much. Like, oh, oh, yeah. The, yeah. In terms Honestly, of sound design, super so, cool. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see that elaborated more yes. in the in this sequel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Duncan Idaho just in general. I mean, how could that not be your favorite favorite with a name like Duncan Idaho? Come on. I know, right? But I know. Uh, like, yeah, especially The Last Stand. Like, mm-hmm. there was... Uh, I don't know if it was trailer footage or if there was a vision in the movie that he had. But, like, you knew that that was coming. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was kind of just like... We, I think it was a vision. I think Paul had a vision of of uh, Duncan, like, doing The Last oh, Stand true. and dying yeah. or something like that. But uh, it was great. That was, yeah. that was one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. Um, my least favorite, mm-hmm. least favorite is probably just kind of like the misconceptions between like how the movie was marketed versus what was received, mm-hmm. like the amount of t- screen time that like some actors got and stuff like that. And then I personally knew it was a part one, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> I didn't realize how it would much, it would feel like an incomplete feeling. Yeah. So I will agree. I think my least favorite favorite least favorite least favorite is it does have to do with uh, the fact that the movie it like i think it, for me it does it just feels like it's like one and an eighth of a movie you know like yeah. they, they, they could have stopped the movie a little bit earlier i know they wanted to have that cool little fist fight and i like the idea of like ending the movie on something that's as human as just like a fist fight i think that's cool but like would it maybe would have been an interesting way to, to start the next movie you know um, or maybe they could have done something like have a cliffhanger, like he sees Zendaya and then that's the end of the movie, which would have pissed so many people off. Oh, yeah. Probably. But that that would have been, you <laughs> know, would not have rolled well. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't as much a cliffhanger, the ending, as it was the promise of stuff to happen. Like everything felt settled. Like he was with the Fremen, you know, he met Zendaya. You know, nothing seemed uncertain. Like we could kind of tell where the story was going. And it would have been nice to have, like, because I, I don't think the story would have, it, there's no way it would have been, like, wrapped up in a bow. But if we had a cliffhanger, I feel like less people would complain. In a way, I know that's weird to say that, but, like, right. I think in a way a cliffhanger does kind of, you know, it leaves you th- thinking about the film itself as a package. Like, it gives it gives it an ending. Whereas this one it tried to have its cake and eat it too, you know. It tried to be a complete movie, but it was a little bit too much. It was too, too long. We had too many things completely wrapped up and i feel like if they ended the movie like 20 minutes earlier or something like that i would have been happier with it but yeah that's that's maybe where i'm at but like again i don't really care as much as most people i feel like on that certain subject so right mm-hmm. all right we have a score we're gonna score it um yes yeah, before we forget to score it yeah um i think i think i'm, I'm comfortable giving this movie just a, a nice solid eight so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to have trouble scoring this one because I don't think I even want to score it until part two comes out, to be honest, because I would love to treat it as one movie. That being said, I'll give it, I'm going to give it an 8.5. I thought it was really cool, really good. 
but maybe when it come back to it, maybe that score will either lower or increase when I see part two. I don't know, but 8.5 feels like pretty decent for me because the cinematography, the the passion, the uh, the score, the sound design, every, all of that for me deserves an 8.5. So 8.5, nice. There we go. So average score of 8.25. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty good score, I'd say. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty much exactly. That's that's that's, 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 that's a that's a watchable movie. It's a watchable and, movie, and um, maybe not the best film that has come out this year. It will. No. I'm I'm positive at this point. It'll do we want to do for some Oscars? Do we want to do like a an episode? We're gonna do an episode on the Oscars when that comes out, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We could do like an Oscar predictions episode, okay. whatever. We could do a reaction episode, but I definitely think this is gonna be in talks for the Oscars. It's already getting a bunch of nominations and other. It? Yeah, I'd it, imagine it, it'll probably get visual effects, it, visual effects, score, sound editing, movie editing, yeah. like a bunch of lots of things yeah anyway that is it for this episode of movie reviews no one asked for not even you paul yeah paul to this. but uh check us out on I hope instagram. we have a listener named paul that'd be really cool i hope we do okay paul we uh, really love you check us out on instagram at m-r-n-o-a-f mm-hmm. right at mm-hmm. mr Noaf. I believe. Yeah, Let me double check that. <laughs> and, and to also to be said, you know, we are going to try to get back on the train. We're going to be uh, doing next week. Um, this will be dropping this Friday, so next week we're going to be doing Spider Man because we're going to be seeing this 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 weekend. Right, right, um, right, right. And ask um, people. I'm just saying off the internet as much as possible. The Instagram is Mr. Nof official. So M R N O A F official. That is the Instagram handle. Uh, go follow us there. Follow this podcast if you mm-hmm. already aren't following it and you just came across it somehow. Good for you. I don't know how yeah, how that would have happened. But uh, yeah, expect Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. next week. And then, and then and, nerding out about the Matrix the week after that. Right, right, right. right oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But uh, anything you any, – any parting words, Alex, for this audience, for this captive audience? Um, Lemonade. Corn chip. <laughs> Two parting words from Alex, a wise man. Lemonade corn chip. Um, catch that being my next indie alt rock band. Uh, so yeah, um, follow the podcast. Share this podcast with your friends if you think it's a good podcast. And if you don't think it's a good podcast, share this podcast with your friends. Um, yeah, no matter what you think of it, just share it. Just just do it. Yeah. <laughs> If you hate the podcast, go tell your friends how much you hate it, and then they'll come listen to us, and they'll hate it too. Exactly. But, uh, that is it for this episode. As Truman once said, "Good afternoon, good evening, and good night." I no wait. That's that's is that correct or wrong? Was that not, I was getting ready to clap for you. Good afternoon. Good twilight. Good evening and good night. No, I think I'm right. I think I got it right. I think you did. It is right. Yep. Yep. I hope so. I was. I almost corrected it to good morning, but it's. I got it right this time. You did. All right. That will be it for this episode. Goodbye.
that is it for this episode of Movie Reviews No One Asked For. Thank you for checking this out, and if you made it this far into the episode, just know that we really appreciate you. Give us a follow, and check us out next week. Thank you. Goodbye.